0: Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Maria Bartiromo. Oh wait, wrong envelope. I'm Frank Miller. Darn you, Price Waterhouse Coopers. Every week we gather the team together, embrace out powers, and try to save the world. Meanwhile, blaming the subcontractors for everything, all in an effort to bring you the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets. Well, looks like Logan is in theaters right now, and as a result, we've decided to pay homage to the serious-minded X-Men warriors. So we're looking at some of the superheroes of finance, economists and monetary policymakers. You know, the real superheroes. And, yeah, time to get your claws out. Now this week, we'll see the release of the government's monthly employment data. You know, we're coming off a pretty big report for January, and the data will show if the economy was able to follow up with more big job gains in February the market will also be important in predicting and just how the next interest rate decision is going to go. The Fed's set to make an announcement in a couple of weeks and the signs have changed direction over the past month or so. We'll let you know how things are looking right now and what the chances are for a rate hike in the near future. And we'll also take a look at some of the upcoming earnings announcements The bulk of the earnings season is behind us now, but there's still some noteworthy names set to report this week. Urban Outfitters will give us the latest look at the health of the retail sector. Reports are also due out from Siena and H&R Block. And as always, we investigate some of the more uh, heavily mutated genes on Wall Street's chromosomes. We've got some guy at Amazon shutting down a big part of the internet with a whoopsie typo. Yeah, we've got the return of female Viagra. We'll tell you the best place to live to lead a really, really, really long life. But that won't happen until 2030. And we'll give you a few more arguments in the ongoing debate about just what to do in the world about to be run by robots. (laughs) This is the Does It Hurt When They Come Out? episode of Offbeat Wall Street. When they come out, does it hurt? Every time. Right. Well, the uh, jobs report is going to be front and center this week. Last month's report showed some of the strongest job gains in quite a while. However, the report wasn't all good news. The unemployment rate ticked up and wage growth slowed. Employment in the U.S. increased more than expected in January. Now, figures released by the Labor Department last month showed that non-farm payroll employment jumped by 227,000 jobs in the month. And this followed a revised gain of 157,000 in December. January marked the largest increase in payrolls since last September. Economists had expected an increase of about 175,000 jobs in January. However, as we've talked about before, the low labor participation rate means that increased jobs don't always lead to lower unemployment. A large number of people are still on the sidelines in the labor market, and more opportunity can tempt some of them back into looking for a job. Now, this happened in January, with the labor force increasing by 76,000, according to the government stats. So even despite stronger-than-expected job growth in January, the unemployment rate inched up. It rose to 4.8% in January from 4.7% in December, and that rate had been expected to remain unchanged. The increase took the unemployment rate further off of a nine-year low that it reached late last year. The figure hit 4.6% in November. That was its lowest level since 2007. Another less-than-seller part of the jobs report came on the wage side. Those stats show that the annual rate of average hourly employee earnings – the growth slowed to 2.5% in January, and that compared to 2.8% in December. Now, the jobs report will go a long way to shed a bit of light on what the Fed's going to do at its next meeting, which is set for the middle of this month. Expectation has been growing that the Fed is likely to raise rates at its next policy conclave, which is scheduled for March 15th. Beware the Ides of March. Yeah, as recently as the beginning of February, a rate hike in March seemed like a long shot. The options market was pricing in a chance of nearly 90% that the Fed would leave interest rates unchanged. However, this has flipped over the past several weeks. A number of Fed members have made comments recently suggesting that they are in fact looking to hike rates sooner rather than later. Fed Chairperson Janet Yellen is among those who have made hawkish comments lately, At her testimony before Congress a couple of weeks ago, she said that the Fed was prepared to raise interest rates in the near term. Specifically, she said that waiting too long was unwise, as it could eventually lead to the Fed having to raise rates quickly. Basically, she argued that it was better to start sooner and raise rates slowly than wait and run the risks of having to do something dramatic down the road. The markets have taken these comments to heart. Option trading now shows a nearly 75% chance that the Fed will raise rates on March 15th. Now, this compared to the near lock that they would leave rates alone that the market was pricing in about a month ago. Now, The jobs data will play into the Fed discussion because they will give a sign at just how the economy is doing. Unless the job market shows dramatic drop-offs in February, it'll give the Fed a little bit of space to edge rates higher. A dramatically weak report may give the Fed reason to hold off, as it might suggest the economy is still in need of the easy money policy. The employment report is going to dominate the economic conversation next week, but it's far from the only report due out. We'll also get data on factory orders, international trade, productivity, and import and export prices. You'll be safe here from Magneto. What's a Magneto? A very powerful mutant, who believes that a war is brewing between mutants and the rest of humanity. I've been following his activities for some time. The man who attacked you is an associate of his called Sabretooth. Sabertooth? Storm. What do they call you? Wheels? Well, it looks like the schedule of earnings releases is uh, pretty thin this week. The bulk of the quarterly earnings season wound down a couple of weeks ago. Meanwhile, the spate of retailing earnings that we've seen recently are now mostly in the rearview mirror. Still, there's a handful of noteworthy companies set to report. On the retailing front, Urban Outfitters is slated to release its quarterly results. Earnings are projected to fall for the clothing retailer. Analysts are predicting a drop of more than 8% in the company's bottom line. Revenues are projected to edge up, though. Analysts are looking for the company to post a top-line figure of $1.04 billion. That would be up about 3% from last year. Going into its latest earnings release, Urban Outfitters had put together a string of blockbuster reports. For three straight quarters, the company's stock climbed more than 13% on the day following the release of its results. That trend was reversed last time around, though. Shares of Urban Outfitters fell more than 12%. That's following the release of the last report in November. The company reported third-quarter results that dropped, and analysts had expected the bottom line to rise. Well, tax day is about six weeks away, and uh, if you didn't need any more reminding, this week we'll get earnings from one of the nation's biggest tax preparers, H&R Block. Now, it's not likely to be a big quarter for the company. Most of its profits come in the lead-up to tax season. This report will cover the quarter ending in January, so the company is slated to record a notable loss for the period. Meanwhile, revenues are projected to be down compared to the same period last year. The top line is expected to fall nearly 6% to nearly $446 million. Elsewhere, homebuilder Hovnanian is also set to release its results this week. The company's had a bit of a rough history with earnings reports lately. Shares of the homebuilder have fallen in response to each of its last four earnings reports, often by double-digit percentages. This time around, though, Hovnanian's expected to post a loss for the quarter. However, that loss is projected to be notably narrower than the one posted the same period last year. Also, at least one analyst has predicted that the company will post a profit for the quarter. Siena and International Game Technology are on this week's dockets of earnings report, too. is projected to see its quarterly profits rise from last year, boosted by nearly 10% rise in revenues. Meanwhile, IGT is expected to report a year-over-year profit decline, with revenues ticking down almost 3%. The truth is that mutants are very real, and they are among us. We must know who they are, and above all, we must know what they can do. All right, each week we like to wander off the beaten path a little bit, take a look at some money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. Time now for some of our quick hits. Well, you may have noticed a large part of the Internet took, uh, shall we say, an extended vacation last week, well, that was Amazon's fault. The online retail giant's cloud computing service experienced widespread issues on Tuesday in its eastern U.S. region. The problem was eventually fixed. Later in the week, the company revealed that a typo in a command during a routine debugging was the source of the problem. And it wasn't the Russians. In other news, Canadian drug maker Valiant Pharmaceuticals said that it plans to relaunch a drug that has been called the Female Viagra. Now, the company, which recently announced a loss for its latest quarter, said that it plans to bring back a drug to the U.S. that it acquired in its 2015 buyout of Sprout Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> appropriate enough. The medicine is intended to treat low sexual desire in women. Yeah, and I'm sure that low sexual desire has absolutely nothing to do with their husbands. Mm-hmm. Hey, while we're on the subject, it looks like any babies born as a result of Valiant's upcoming product launch could have a really long life. at least in Korea. According to new stats released last week, the life expectancy is expected to break the 90-year barrier in South Korea by 2030. The U.S. is expected to lag behind that number. The estimate for U.S. life expectancy is about 83.3 years for women and 79.5 years for men by 2030. Those figures come from a study by researchers from the Imperial College of London and the World Health Organization. current life expectancy in the U.S. is 81.2 years for women and 76.3 years for men. Of course, by 2030, robots will have taken over most of our jobs anyway, which is why many people have called for a universal basic income. Basically, a paycheck the government would send everybody just for being alive. One person opposed to that plan? Mark Cuban. Yeah, the outspoken billionaire says that adoption of such a policy would be a terrible response to the impending job losses due to robots and artificial intelligence. The tech investor and owner of the Dallas Mavericks tweeted last week that we need to prepare for some of the impending job losses as a result of robotic automation. Someone responded to his tweet that the UBI would be the way to go. Cuban answered, though, that it would be one of the worst possible responses to the problem. Maybe it's not a problem that we should hash out over Twitter. Yeah. Hey, but you know, there's signs that uh, the impending robot job apocalypse keeps getting closer. Case in point. Wendy's, yeah, they said that they plan to introduce automated self-ordering kiosks at more than at 1,000 retail locations by the end of the year. The goal of the automation is to shorten lines at peak times and to reduce labor costs. The fast food chain expects to get returns on investments within the next two years. It's been testing the kiosk technologies at its various locations in Ohio. (laughs) You know, when the robots take over, all that will really be left for us to do is binge, TV, watch, and play video games. That doesn't sound so bad. And hey, Microsoft agrees, and they're ready for that future too. The company's Xbox division plans to launch a $9.99 a month subscription service that will give unlimited access to over 100 games. Xbox head Phil Spencer said in a blog post that the service will be called Xbox Game Pass. It will allow subscribers to download games directly to a console and play them online as well as offline. Doesn't it ever wake you in the middle of the night? The feeling that someday they will pass that foolish law. Or one just like it and come for you and your children. It does indeed. Thank you, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. If you like the show, please go to iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher and subscribe. Why don't you rate and review the show while you're at it, too? Good ratings help other people discover. It's very helpful. Make sure you let all your friends know. Check out our website at offbeatwallstreet.com. Follow us on Twitter at Offbeat Wall Street. And you spell S-T like you see that on a street sign. And, of course, a big thank you to the Big BS for shoveling all these wonderful words and co-producing on the podcast. Thank you, Brian Stewart. And a special thanks to our good friends at RTT News. They provide a lot of the news and stats we use in this here show. For up-to-date info on the markets, check them out, rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, just a little bit of advice for those of you out there thinking of launching a startup. Magneto has his top reason why some people just can't get the job done. You're unwilling to make sacrifices. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody.